Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Matt Scraby and Randy Holcomb with Believe Aztecs Hoops podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe has a podcast for every one of your teams and the only place with a show for your favorite team. We believe in our teams and... This is really fun. We're going to get started with episode number one. Like I said, this voice you're hearing right now, I'm Scraby. I uh, work for Gwyn and Chris. I'm producer for the 97.3 The Fan uh, afternoon show, the Padres flagship. And I am with Randy Holcomb, who played for the Aztecs and is part of the Aztecs Hall of Fame. So this is actually uh, Randy and I's first real time getting to know each other. So we're all getting to know each other. Everybody listens, getting to know each other here. So what's up, Randy? How's it going? What's going on, Boston? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And, and this Aztecs basketball team is pretty exciting. I'm, I'm just excited that we got a college basketball season after what's been going on this year, because it's been crazy in college football. It's been crazy in the NFL. It was crazy in the NBA. But uh, I, I just am very excited for the Aztecs to get this opportunity and the seniors on the team, Matt Mitchell, Jordan Shackle, those type of guys, those guys are getting their chance to prove themselves once again and hopefully bring up their draft stock enough for the NBA. But first, they got to get through this year. So uh, that's what we're, we're just talking about Aztecs basketball. We're going to cover every single angle of it. We're going to go through the rankings drama in this episode. We're going to go through the season so far, and uh, we're, we're going to go through what we can, what we think this team can do this season. But first, let's get to know us a little bit. We're going to start with you, Randy. And I read this off of the GoAztecs.com website. Now, you were inducted into the Aztecs Hall of Fame in 2012, correct? Was it 20? Was it that long ago? Uh, that doesn't seem like that long ago, but yes, oh, it, it does look like you were inducted in 2012, and. One of the things that uh, I was reading in your bio is that some say that you, you and you alone were the guy who signaled the beginning of the new era in San Diego State basketball when you signed with them coming out of junior college. So um, I, I don't I think obviously we all should give you thanks for starting the influx of the Aztecs hoops team. And uh, I, I'm joking, of course, it's a, it's a big effort from everyone, but still, it's really cool to have you on here. So just uh, let us know a little bit about what you're doing and what you're, what you want to bring to the podcast and all that good stuff. Well, first, man, I want to thank you for, for teaming with me on this deal, man. I, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, you, you put the training wheels on. I'm, I'm just, I'm just here riding along, you know, cool, but the, cool. uh, uh, but yeah, the, uh, San Diego state program itself means a lot to me when I, you know, I remember getting there, the, the first game, uh, that we played, I, I could count the fans. It was, it, it might've been, might, may have been as many players as there were fans. <laughs> crowd, right. So, um, that was the, that was the first, uh, the first shocker. Uh, a lot of people don't know that I went to Fresno state first. So I had mm -hmm. been to a, a major program and I played for Jerry Tarkanian. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, I was used to sell out games. We sold out every game. Uh, I just wasn't playing. Right. Which is yeah. one of the reasons that I transferred. So to come to San Diego State and, and to see where it was then and what it has turned into today, you know, I mean, one of the loudest places it's probably one of the hardest places, especially on the West Coast to play. Um, yeah. So uh, with that being said, man, I, you know, I have nothing but love and admiration for the for the program i don't always agree with what they do uh inside of the program but uh, yeah uh, but it, with with that being said it's like it, you know you still love 
uh, the, your brother or you still love your parent, no matter, you know, no matter yeah. how, you know, things shake out. So, uh, but with that, uh, today I, um, I, uh, I own a couple different businesses. I, I, uh, spend a lot of time still, still in and around again, sport. Most of my businesses are in and around sport. Um, and uh, one of the, one of the most prominent things that I that I do is uh, I have a scouting service uh, or a recruiting service that I keep up with all of the, the you know the upcoming the up and coming players from seventh grade up uh, into their pro careers. So most of the most of the players that are in and around the country, I'll, I'll either uh, I'll either have a person that's close to them or know some you know know something about them in terms of how mm-hmm. they play. So hopefully that'll shine through. Uh, and what we're doing here and as we talk about, you know, as we talk about the team and comparing them and contrasting them with other with other players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's kind of interesting, too, is that you played under Steve Fisher, who obviously is the legendary coach of San Diego State. And he, the, co- the court is named after Steve Fisher. So we'll, we'll always be able to honor him. And uh, Brian Dutcher is a guy who stuck by Steve Fisher for all those years, even though he was getting offers left and right to be a head coach at a different program. And he said, no, I love San Diego State. I want to stay here. So you uh, you kind of have the interesting dynamic where you also know the coach now in Brian Dutcher because he was on that staff. And uh, so as we go along throughout the podcast, we'll kind of compare and contrast the different styles of Brian Dutcher and coach Steve Fisher. But for the most part, they're pretty similar. I mean, Brian Dutcher learned from Steve Fisher. I would, I would agree with you there. I think that they're, um, they're similar in, in, in how they run the program. I think both of, uh, I tell coach Fisher all the time that had he not been a coach, he'd been a great CEO, right? He's, a, <laughs> you know, he, he understands yeah. the dynamic of people, how to manage people. Um, Dutch is the same. I think Dutch is, uh, Dutch is a, lo- a little bit more business-like. Uh, he is very business like you know what I mean like he's just kind of like you know kind of he he puts on the the bravado of being straight laced but he is super cool super cool guy um but when it comes to basketball he knows it he he uh his dad was a coach uh and he's worked with with coach Fisher you know for 30 years before he got a head you know before he got his first head coaching job and I I don't know why he would want to leave who would want to leave I don't know why I left San Diego and I, you know, so I, I don't know. I'm not even, I'm not, you know, I, I don't think he would want to necessarily leave there for a lot of different reasons, but the basketball program has turned around and if he's smart, he'll stay there and retire, retire there, hopefully hand it to somebody else that's on the staff. So. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's kind of cool about the Aztecs program is before Steve Fisher got there, it was kind of just a, whatever program you said, you could count the fans in the stands when you got there. But now it's not a whatever program. It's a program sponsored by Jordan Brand, which is a huge thing because Jordan just doesn't put his name on any sort of program. And that's a huge selling point for recruiting. And it just shows where the program's at. People are recognizing them as a good college basketball program. And it just, it, we'll get into last year a little bit, but it's just is so such a bummer that they weren't able to go through the tournament last year and get exposed to everyone. But, you know, it is what it is. Everybody had to give up a lot of stuff here in the COVID, uh, in the, the year of 2020. So let's see what they can do this year. Um, real quick, I'll just uh, say a few things about myself. I, I, I don't really like to talk about myself, so this is going to be awkward. But I, uh, like I said, produce for Gwyn and Chris I, uh, on 97.3 The Fan. We're the home of the Padres here in San Diego. I've worked in radio for seven years, and I worked on the Aztecs football broadcast and co-hosted some Aztecs basketball pre- and post-game in the last couple of years. But one of my crazy things that I've done is I I quit my job, which was a a marketing job 
for a small company here in San Diego. And I was traveling all over the world and I quit my job at 28 because I wanted to start in radio. So being here right now is just another sign that I'm headed in the right direction because that was not an easy decision to make to, to quit my career and start a new career, but it all worked out. And I always liked the Aztecs. Uh, my uncle went to San Diego State. I'm wearing my Aztec shirt right now. And I loved Marshall Falk. So I always really loved watching the Aztecs football program. And now I love to be able to talk about them and always have had them as one of my teams because I didn't go to a college that had a great basketball team when I was there. I went to University of San Francisco and they're whatever. So I, I never really cheered for them anyway, just because it was it was hard to cheer for them. They weren't that great. But um, that's that's just about me. Uh, we're going to you, you're going to get to know me and Randy a lot over these next uh, few months, few years, whatever it is. And we'll, we'll just uh, keep showing our personalities as we go along. But let's get into the basketball now. Let's get into the Aztecs. And I think what uh, we already kind of talked about Coach Dutchard's, Coach Fisher, but the Aztecs uh, are not ranked this year. And that has everyone in San Diego really angry. It's like they started the season not ranked. That angered the fans. They beat UCLA, who was number 22 in the country. That angered the fans. Now they're 3-0, and and they're still not ranked. And I don't see them being ranked for a few more weeks. But do you think that this is kind of a slight? I, I think, in a nutshell, I think that this is kind of a slight. Just because they were so good last year. They were 30-2. and They reached number six. They had uh, one of the best players in the country in Malachi Flynn. And it, it just doesn't seem like San Diego State is getting that respect from the rest of the voters around the country. So I'm curious to see what you think, being a guy who actually played on a college basketball team and know how that ranking works. Well, I mean, RPI is always a, is the is the key factor, as you know, right? That that, that yeah. RPI, who you play and how you you know how you did against those players uh, or how you did, did against those teams. Um, the the win for them uh, against UCLA uh, is a is a great win. Like I, I don't want to take anything away from from them, but I'm not quite sure that UCLA should have been ranked to begin with. So um, interesting, interesting. Because you, you think that's more of a brand name thing that they got ranked? Like it seems like a lot of these rankings are coming out because they're it's it's being there was no tournament to finish the year so they don't know how else to rank these guys but it's all seems like brand name a little bit i know that that um i know that brand name has a lot to do with it i know that their recruits have a lot to do with it i think they had some they had some kids that they recruited um that were supposed to be really good and and you know we'll see as the season progresses i think it's a again like you said it's a it's a it's a tough year man like how do you you don't know when you're going to play. You don't know. And the other teams are canceling games. We don't know for sure. There's not, everybody's not going to play the same amount of games uh, mm-hmm. by the end sure. of the year. So it's really, really difficult to say, um, you know, how good a team is or, or isn't this particular year. Um, do I think that they should, do I think they'll eventually be ranked? Well, yeah, but a lot of it too is I'm looking at their schedule right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they they recently beat, you know, UC Irvine, right? I mean, yeah. that's, you know, for I mean, if if we're being honest, man, that's a money game for UC Irvine, right? They they, they get come, they they get paid to come out and get beat up on, basically. The ant eaters? Oh yeah, man. They they come <laughs> they, they come out and take, you know, get beat up on and get a check for coming out and getting beat up on. Okay. Uh, they played against Saint St. Catherine. I mean, I don't 
I'm not quite sure where where that even is. Let it's me- actually this is funny you say that because we talked about it on the 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 talk show the last couple of days. It's in San Diego. It's in Encinitas, North County area. I live in the North County area. I drive by this college all the time, and I had no idea it was there. Right. <laughs> so, no idea. So, with that being said, I mean, again, it's a money game for for those teams. The way you structure, and and, I, and I'm going to be honest in in this, uh, and I hope that I don't I don't I don't offend many people, but the 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 schedule when you look at a schedule and you look at San Diego State's schedule, even when I played there, the schedule was structured in a way that there were going to be an allotment of wins, right? And by the time mm-hmm. you made it to conference, you were most of their teams sit in a, in a pretty good space. Yeah. So, you know, you end up being, I know when I played, we were 10 and three by the time we hit conference my junior year. But then when we got in conference, it got a little different because of, you know, the, the level of play. So the way the, the, the way you structure your schedule can lead to win after win after win after win. But if you look at a team like um, uh, Michigan State, mm-hmm. year after year, they're playing against, Every game, they're playing against Heat, right? They're playing yeah. against really, really good teams. The same thing with Kansas. You don't, you don't really catch them playing against the little brothers of the poor all that often, right? <laughs> so yeah. uh, with that being said, as the season progresses, if, they, if they're able to beat some of the better teams in the, uh, in, in the, uh, on, their, on their schedule, then, yeah. then I, I, could, I would say that you know, they, they should be ranked. But Looking at their schedule, Colorado State twice, San Diego Christian College, Pepperdine, Arizona State is one that, you know, I'm definitely going to be watching. I know you. That's the big one coming up here in a couple, I believe on Monday. Right. Uh, And then, you know, you got BYU St. Mary's, UNLV is another one that, and and they're a little down. Vegas, I mean, Nevada is another one. Utah State. Like when you're looking at their schedule and how the schedule is set, this is the way these back-to-backs against the same team was the way that I when I uh, one year I played or two years I played in in South America and this is how they structured their schedule where you played the same team you didn't have to travel you played them back to back. I don't know how beneficial that is because if you win you don't make any adjustments. If you lose you make all the adjustments in the world, right? So true. Uh, it's 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 hard to it's kind of hard to get a real gauge on, on, on the team in that, in that setting. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause it could be like in the first game you playing Colorado state that the call that Colorado state team could just have a wonderful, amazing game in the first game. And then in the second game, they play to actually what they are. So you made all these adjustments and now all of a sudden you're playing a team that that's who they were the whole time. They just had a nice night, right. the, the couple nights before you, I, I, I I like, I think that's very interesting that you've already played some of that schedule. I want to get into that a little bit more later about playing two games at at, at a time against the same team. But um, I also think this year needs to be, the voters need to think of it a little bit differently because a lot of these teams aren't able to schedule big teams. Right. And usually like uh, San Diego state will have say Gonzaga come down and play, or they go up and play. Uh, I know they've played Cal in the last few years at, at home. So it's, it's um, I think that this year is going to be a lot different for the voters. And I don't know that the voters are open enough to look at this, these, these sort of things and say, okay, well, they're trying to at least get games in. They're trying to get a record in. They're trying to not end up the year with like a 21 and no record rather than like a 30, 30 and two record. So 
I, I don't know how much it's going to or how long it's going to take for these voters to to really come around to that. But it doesn't seem like right now they're they're willing to think about it that way. And it, you have to think about it that way, especially this year, especially college basketball, in my opinion. I'm in agreement with you, uh, at least somewhat. I think that you have to you you got to you got to look at, at the thing holistically. You know, you got to mm-hmm. look at everybody's schedule holistically and say, OK, did they did they do everything that they could possibly do to be successful? Yeah. Right. Um, and, but the other thing is that, uh, you know, the, the voters around the country, they don't necessarily get a chance to see, Very San true. Diego, you know what I mean? San Diego State, yeah. is, you know, as often as some of the other teams. So, um, it's one thing to go back and watch film on a team. It's one thing to see highlights on the team. It's a whole nother thing to have a feel for what's going on in that particular program. And it's easier to have a feel for what's going on in one of the big, in, in the, in the big blue schools or in, yeah. uh, in or, in, or in one of the power five conferences It's way, way easier to, to keep up with even a team like, uh, let me use a, uh, like a SMU, right. It's, okay. it's yeah. easier to keep up with them because they play against, you know, other really, really good teams in their, in, yeah. in, in their deal. Right. So, yeah. um, and then two, there's cinemas in the country. That's the other. That's the other deal. The you know the, the time, the times, and all the rest of that also play a, somewhat a factor in that. But again, San Diego State has been ranked, you know, over the last couple of years. If you look at last year, you know, people were afraid to play them, right? And and they yeah, they were. They do a great job uh, on defense. Um, you know, Dutch, and then I'm sure we'll talk about Dutch's. Like you said, we'll talk about Dutch's coaching style. And, all the rest of that, but they do a phenomenal job on defense. They, they, they lock you all the way down. And then offensively, they play to their strengths. So uh, they're tough out game in and game out. Yeah. Well, let's go there. Let's go to coach Dutcher's coaching style. And it, for me, uh, it seems like defense and efficiency first and foremost, and then everything else will follow. And like when you were playing with the program and you were playing under Steve Fisher kind of take us through one of those practices and because I know that they're very similar. I've seen an Aztecs practice and they're very intense. They're very Steve or um, coach Dutcher does not let anything go. He will stop the players. He will tell them what they need to be doing. He will tell them what he sees, but he also, like you said earlier, he's a really fun guy and he also can identify with the players really well. So he, he's not one of those guys that they think is just barking orders out he, he's a guy who actually does care about these players and their development. And it showed when he told Malachi Flynn, please go play pro or at least put yourself in the draft because that, that only really hurt him. But take us through some of those practices and what you, what, uh, what you go through and what is focused on while you guys are practicing. Because, because what Steve coach Steve Fisher did is, is likely what coach Dutcher's doing. Right. Well, I think the biggest thing uh, with, with, um, with both of them is that they're very detailed oriented right and and a lot like um i'm gonna use a football uh i'm gonna use a football coach uh okay loosely right in this yeah um belichick and and the patriots what they do is that on defense they take away your strengths right and make you play with your weaknesses and um playing for coach fisher uh was was that now how how dutch how Dutch fit into that was that when he led our defenses, right. When, when he had, and when it was his scout quote unquote, mm-hmm. when it was the, the team that he was scouting, he, he gave us the information every time he gave us the information. It worked because we took away their strengths. He made sure that we took away their strengths and made them play with their weaknesses. So in that we ended up winning the, 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 the tournament, um, the uh, conference tournament for yeah. the first time in 
you know, 25 years or whatever it was. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so with that being said, um, he's a very, very detail oriented guy uh, in that uh, he wants you to do the thing that he asked you to do is what he wants you to do. It's there's no guesswork. Right. You know, if we're going to say if we're going to deny a player to basketball, we're going to deny a player to basketball. So that was more of a mental game there than it was a um uh, this physical running around kind of, you know, running suicides or seven. Yeah. It's not necessarily that it challenged you mentally more than anything else. And then offensively, he just allows you to play, right? If you can play San Diego state is unique in this regard. If you can play basketball, right. If you're a player, like if you're a real player, uh, beginning pass dribble shoot, right. Is, is all that's on offense, right. Pass dribble mm-hmm. shoot. If you can do those things, you'll get an opportunity to play. And if you get out there and show, you'll stay on the floor. At other programs, uh, sometimes they'll recruit kids and not necessarily want them to be who they are. Dutch is a, a coach that will, you know, Dutch is a coach when he recruits you, he wants you to be who you are and more. Whereas if you go to Kansas, you know, you might, Bill Self is a great coach, but he might dial you back, right? And yeah. you feel like you're limited, right? Because Good they point, have so point. many guys that can that can play. So th- that's the difference between uh San Diego State program and other programs around the country. Yeah, that's that's interesting because we had um, uh, Jordan Shackle on our show last week and we had or two weeks ago. And we also had uh, Terrell Gomez, who's a transfer, which, by the way, that's a whole separate podcast. And that's a whole separate topic of how great the transfer program is for San Diego State. Brian Desher seems like he is the guy who understands that he needs transfers as well as he needs freshman recruits as well coming in coming out of high school but uh they were saying the same thing is like they came in Terrell Gomez came in from Cal State Northridge and he was someone who he he came in knowing that he was going to be a part of a team with guys who were already established on a team so he was a little tentative he was a little I don't know if I want to do this because I might rub the guys the wrong way but he said that uh coach Dutcher pulled him aside and said hey 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 we did not bring you here to be tentative we brought you here to be what you do or do what you do and we brought you here to make sure that because we knew that you would fit with the team very well we knew you would gel with the team so that's another thing that you were talking about earlier about coach fisher being a ceo of a college basketball team is you also need to know who fits on the team and what personalities are going to clash and what personalities are going to get along and it seems like they have a very good understanding they never really have a player out there that comes back and he's a problem there's no right. problems on that team right. and they all understand their jobs and they all understand what they're asked to do but i think that's that's the way you you coach people these days is you right. empower them right. i know i am i graduated high school in 2003 i played high school football my coaches were great and everything um but i've heard stories from kids who were just yelled at and screamed at and belittled and things like that and i don't think that's the way to go at all and i don't think that was the way to go ever but Coach Dutcher empowers his players into doing things and into playing a certain way. So you got to give him a lot of credit for being able to hand over that control to the guys who are actually playing the, the game on the court. And I really love to see that from the program is that well, they're, they're letting their players play. Well, I, let me let me say this too about, about the coaching styles. I was I was not a kid um, that liked to be screamed at, but that was just the nature of the the business yeah. and it was a microcosm of society at that point in time you graduated i graduated college in 2003 so okay. uh, you know uh, or 2002 so that was a uh, 
during that time, you know, everybody coached hard. If you look around the country during that time and before that, you know, there was a lot of berating of players. Um, we've we've since learned that that may not be the best way, or or no way. That, it definitely doesn't work for every guy, right? Yeah. Um, but there's also a level from a coaching perspective. There's also a level of not having or not wanting to tell you things a thousand times before you actually do it, right? So, yeah. you know, uh, Dutch, again, has done a great job of, of uh, getting his players to perform. Um, the, it's one thing to play anything, right? But it's a whole other thing to actually perform at, the, at that deal. I have yeah. an AAU program or I had an AAU program last year up to COVID. And okay. I was, you know, it was a, more of a give back kind of a deal. Sure. Um, but I really struggled with coaching. Right. I was one of those. I was very hard on those kids. And we're talking about 14 to 17 year old kids that may never play basketball again in their life. You know what I mean? Like these kids are yeah, just having fun yeah. and, and I'm out there like it's the, you know, the NBA finals. And, then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, to, to Dutch's credit. And I think he's learned this from Coach Fisher. There's a charisma that you need to have as a coach, right? It, the, mm-hmm. the, greatest, the, the greatest leaders are charismatic. Dutch is very, very charismatic, right? He's able to, oh, yeah. he's able to uh, galvanize in a way or get you to do things in a way that, you know, uh, you may not know. And, I, and I've said this about Coach Fisher too. You don't, you, you don't know that you're being uh, told to do something, right? You, you just think that that's just the way it is. But when you go back and think about it, it's like, you know, he, he really want, I wasn't running hard enough. And in whatever way Dutch does it, he gets you to run harder, right? You know, or, yeah. or, or gets you to stay in, inside of what it is you're doing. The players that he recruits, though, fits, the, like you said, they fit that mold, right? He, yeah. He yeah. Get guys that fit. yeah and, and it's funny that you say that about your coaching experience, because uh, my mom is a teacher. And so she had kids in like fifth to eighth grade. And I was uh, put in charge of the flag football team. And I was the same way. I was like Bill Belichick out there. I was like mean mugging everyone, yelling, not yelling at everyone because they were fifth graders, but I was making them run laps and they just weren't responding. And so I halfway through, I had to realize that these kids are just out here having fun. They're not going to go pro in flag football or anything like that. <laughs> right. But at the same time, you're right, because that works with me of, of giving me the power to understand that I'm not giving enough or I'm not running hard enough. And right. it's all about that for me. Right. And I think it's all about that for anybody who's playing sports in the in, today. There are kids that you're going to need to push. There are people that you're going to need to be a little bit harder on because they, they don't respond to the empowerment because some people are just lazy. I'm not calling anyone out or anything, but he just is a perfect, um, he's a perfect blend of basketball coach, therapist, and I'll just use the word again, CEO. That's what Coach Dutcher is. He's the perfect blend of all three of those right. things. So, right. I, I mean, we're really lucky to here in San Diego to have a coach like Coach Dutcher, and um, we'll, uh, we'll 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 love to talk about him going forward. Let's talk about some of the games that they've already played real quick. They're three and zero, like you said. They beat St. Catherine last night, and it was uh, by like a forty point margin. So, I, I don't really know. Um, I don't want to get into this too much, but I don't really know that playing a team like St. Catherine is a benefit to, to the Aztecs. So maybe you think it is, but it, to me, the, the risk of injury and the risk of something catastrophic happening in a game like that is just too high for, for my, to, to bring my team out there to play a team like St. Catherine. And I know that they need, they need live body, um, 
games and they need someone else to scrimmage against or whatever. But what do you think? What do you, do you think that playing these small teams is like something that they should be doing or is it something that you would like them to not do? I would actually prefer that. Again, I spoke on this earlier. I hate, I hated playing against those teams that were, um, you know, that, that were fillers. I call them fillers. You know, fillers, when, yeah, you, yeah. when you, when you look at your schedule, you say, okay, we, we're going to play UCLA. If we lose to UCLA, we got to have three games after that that we can for sure win so that we're three mm. and one, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of, that's, you know, we're wussing out a little bit there. You know what you're I mean? Fixing, like, you're fixing it. Yeah, it's a, the fix is in, right? The fix yeah, is in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would, I would prefer, especially San Diego State coming from where, you know, last year where, you know, Jesus, man, I don't know. I don't know if you had a hotter team in the country. You no, know? you didn't. So if, if with that being the case, why not challenge yourself, right? Let's, okay, so we play UCLA. Let's play USC. Let's play Stanford. Let's play some of those. You know, let, let's let's go out if if we're only, because COVID may shut down a team, right? And you, mm-hmm. you're, you may even be up there, find out that three kids got, uh, you know, got the virus, you know, yeah. and you can't, you can't even have the game. So yeah. let's do that. What was, and, and even more so than that, Matt Mitchell, I'm sure thinks he's, that he's an NBA player, right? I'm sure he thinks mm-hmm. that he's an NBA player or, or, and, and for sure he's going to play professionally. Now where he's somewhere. somewhere, right? So yeah, you want to be, you know, when you're in his situation, you want to put as much good film out there as humanly possible, right? You know what I mean? Like you want to, yeah. you want people to, to say, you don't want somebody scouting to say, oh, let's skip that game, right? Because they played, you know, the little brothers of the, of the poor, you know what I mean? Or the little, <laughs> yes, the little sisters yes. of the blind, you know? Yeah, like, you don't, yeah, you, yeah, don't, yeah. you don't necessarily want that to be the case. A lot of this, I have a lot of scouting friends and a lot of friends who coach in college now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of and a lot of people that, uh, you know, a good friend of mine is is on the staff with the Clippers. And the way they go about things is that they, they want, they want, to see you play against high level competition. That is, I guess that's the, my point is, is that I guess that's the entire point of playing is to see where you, yeah. where you stack up, right. With, the, with the very best. If you drop, if you, if you drop one to uh, a USC or, or Stanford, if you, or if you dropped all three, nobody really is upset with you that you're zero and three, right? Nobody's yeah. really upset. Now you may be, you, you know, if you, if you Dutch, you get to, you know, if you, if you lose those three games and you're dealing with a, with an AD or, or a school that doesn't understand sports they, and they're just looking at the numbers of wins and losses, yeah. that can affect you in a, in a, in a negative way. Right. But people that know sports will, will say, man, they really played a tough schedule. <laughs> they really, they, they were playing people. That's true. That's interesting that you that you say that because I know that Matt Mitchell he decided to come back for his senior year because he was testing out the thought of going to the NBA draft, and I'm sure that Jordan Shackle has dreams of playing in professionally as well. And that is very interesting. I never thought about it like that. That you want to put the best tape out there as possible, and there's really these are just auditions for some of these guys. They're they're auditions for what they can do in the future, and uh, it. I wonder if there's any extra pressure to go out there and dominate and to, to be someone play. You want to go out there and say, score 25 points and 10 rebounds and eight assists just to prove I am by far and away the best guy in the court. I don't know if that's a true thing, but maybe it is. Maybe, maybe these guys play a little bit harder just to put the numbers up there. Well, I mean, listen, making it, 
making it to the NBA has less to do with numbers, right? It, it doesn't really have anything to do with numbers. Making it to the NBA has to do with you having an undeniable skill, right? You gotta have, you have to have one thing that is so extraordinary that, <laughs> you know, that, that'll help us, that'll propel us, whether that's athletic yeah, ability, ability to shoot, point guard play, defense, whatever that is. And everything else you just have to be pretty good at. Um, when you're trying, instead of trying to make it to the NBA, I would suggest to, to, to Matt and Jordan that they, that they don't, they don't necessarily try to make it to the NBA. Like they don't, it's not a necessary, don't, don't try to get there. Just focus on playing the, the, the very next game, which, which yeah. is, goes back to the, to the scheduling, right? Mm -hmm. You, you feel some, you feel better about yourself if you, if you beat, you know, uh, UCLA. Yeah. I don't know how well you feel about yourself if you beat, you know, St. Catherine. St. Catherine. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how. What What did we gain? You know what I mean? In that, other than you know, or what did they gain? You know? Yeah, they. What What they gained was a, a cool memory for some of those guys. Yeah. Is they They get to play a good Aztecs team. Um, I, I tried not to disparage St. Catherine too much because they are local, but I just have to. I was making fun of them on the air yesterday, and I shouldn't make fun of them. So we're going to move on from St. Catherine because uh, I don't want them to come down the street and get me or something like that. But the the schedule, real quick, uh, the Aztecs figure they they started their season against UCLA as we said they won seventy three fifty eight. They played UC Irvine uh, two days later. They beat them 77-58, and then they played St. Catherine last night, and they won 83-41. to Now, their next upcoming games are games with Pepperdine, which will be Sunday at 1.30, and then I said Monday for Arizona State. That is completely wrong. I'm just realizing that right now. It's Thursday, Thursday. December 10th, and one of the teams that the Aztecs had to – were going to play was the uh, San Diego City College or Christian College – and they had to drop out. So they picked up Pepperdine. I like that move for Coach Dutcher. He said he's been working on a, a team. He announced it a couple days ago. But Pepperdine, they're not maybe the, the, a team that screams at you as, like, great team. But they're still in a West Coast conference. It's still a Division One basketball school. That is type of, that's the type of game that I like to see the Aztecs taking on because it shows that they're confident in themselves and it shows that they're not afraid to play people, like you said, that will make their record look a little bit weird with the with the couple losses. So they're three and zero. I don't expect them to have any problem with Pepperdine, but that's going to be a good test for them, uh, especially with playing someone before going in and taking on Arizona State. Well, yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot about that that Pepperdine group. I don't I don't know what they have coming back or what they what they have coming in, right? But um, but I do know one thing about them: they're going to play really intelligent, right? They're, yeah, they're going to be a very very smart basketball team. Um, and but I don't I don't foresee there being any problems. There shouldn't be any problems for uh, San Diego State, seeing that they have two guys that are that are going to play for money at, probably at the end of the season. So yeah. Um, but like you, I don't want to I don't want to gloss over Pepperdine. But the the game for me though is the is the Arizona State game. They have yes. multiple kids on that team that um, have a chance to be drafted. Uh, two in particular are, are very good. Uh, so you, we'll see. I'm, I'm more anxious to see that game uh, mm. because then we have we'll have pros going, you know, future pros going against future pros. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Arizona State is ranked 25th right now. Uh, they have uh, they're a Pac-12 team, so you can never go wrong playing a Pac-12 team because you got some great kids on that team. They lost to Villanova 
on uh, Thanksgiving. It was 83 to 74. So that shows that that Arizona State team is pretty good if they're going to stick with a number 12 team in the country in Villanova and they only lost by seven. Uh, they also beat Rhode Island in their first game of the year, which is nothing. But that Villanova game, that scares me a little bit. I, I think a couple of years ago, the Aztecs started off really well. And then they went to Arizona State and they got crushed and it crushed all the fans. It crushed everyone. So I'm hoping that there's not a letdown like that. And I'm guaranteeing you that Coach Dutcher is not letting them forget about what happened a couple of years ago when they went to Arizona State. Yeah, well, you know, Arizona State is, is always sneaky good because they're playing against high level competition all the time. So even if they don't have the names on their rosters, generally, right, they're still used to playing at a very, very high level. This particular year, though, they have the kid, they have the kid Remy Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't, you know, that's I don't want to make fun of his name, but <laughs> somebody was drinking when they when they when, when yeah they, no, that's, and, I was thinking the same thing <laughs> right. And then, but then they have another kid that on their team that's really really special. His name is Josh Christopher. This is one of the best uh, high school prospects coming out last year. And most people, in fact, in my ranking service with the Run Sports, I had him. Uh, ranked in the top, uh, I think in the top 10. I think he okay. might have been in the top eight. But super explosive player, very, very athletic um, and can shoot it and, and, and wants to score, has a, has a need and a want to score. The same thing with Remy Martin. He's a kid that can really, really score the basketball uh, at a very, very high clip. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that game plays, right? Those, and they're yeah. going to match up. They're going to directly match up with the best players of, at San Diego State. So We'll see how that we'll see how that plays out. I'll, I will. I really want to see how Jordan uh, stacks up against uh, Josh, right? Josh. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. Same with me. And and they're they're gonna have two games in a row right there. That's gonna be a good stretch for them. They were playing Arizona State on Thursday, December tenth. They're playing BYU on December eighteenth, and that's just a whole nother rivalry in itself. Right. 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 BYU. Listen, I'm a, I'm gonna be again brutally honest. Yeah, go BYU, for it. BYU is 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 the same every year. It's like the only <laughs> thing that changes is the names on the back of the jersey. But the yeah, the, the, the style of play, you know that it's going to be tough. It's going to mm-hmm. be gritty. Uh, they're going to shoot the blood out of the ball, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to defend you, right? They're going to they're going to again take away your strengths. They're going to play below the basket um, and and take and take away all of your strengths. They're not gonna they're not gonna allow you to you know dunk and snatch the screws out of the basket as you, you know, yeah. you're going, yeah. they're not allowing any of that. So you gotta be, you gotta be willing to play the right way. If you're willing to play the right way, then you'll have some success against them. If you don't, it can be a long night. It can be a long night. And I know that San Diego state fans love every time that the Aztecs beat BYU and no matter what sport it is, it could be, it could be like something like boxing or tennis. It's just, as long as they're beating BYU, Aztecs fans are happy. So that's a little bit of what's coming up here on the schedule in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to wrap it up here, but I wanted to get this one last question in. It's about the schedule in, in regards to the mountain West play, which is going to be scheduled two games back to back. We touched on a little bit earlier. You said something very interesting, which is that you can't really get a good gauge off of your team when you play someone back to back, because one night it could be a team that's really good and next night could be a team that's really bad. So do you think this is going to benefit or do you think it's going to hurt the Aztecs? I'll go first real quick and just say, I think it's going to benefit them because coach Dutcher and his coaching staff is just too smart. They're going to see so much in the first game that they're going to be able to scout for the second game. I would even venture to say the second game will be better than the first game, but that's just my uneducated opinion. 
Well, I, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna take a hard line either way. I'm gonna say that um, that, a, that a lot of this it's beneficial in terms of the overall premise of why it's being done, right? So if if we look at the the COVID situation, trying to keep people safe, trying to keep kids off of airplanes. If we go and just play the two games there, then we don't have to worry about getting on the flight, right? Twice mm -hmm, or, or yeah. them, get, you know, yeah. all of those kind of those kind of scenarios. Um, and, and teams, and sorry to cut you off, but teams fly commercially, right? Mount right. West teams, right? So yeah. I, I think there's only a few scheduled uh, private plane rides. So these teams are flying on planes with the regular Joes, and so I would even say their COVID likeliness is way higher because oh, they're, they're flying well, with the public. 100%, 100%. I think that, that the uh, the schools, maybe San Diego State is flying exclusively commercially, I mean, uh, privately now, maybe. But no, uh, I, I think they only do Wyoming and a few other games where they okay. can't really get into the, the city. And and that'll, that tells a story right there, right? You know, that, that's, a, that's a tough deal. Um, so in that regard, I understand it from a basketball perspective, though, it's difficult because, again, he, he, I'm looking at this and you have to stay. Uh, so they play, um, for example, they play uh, New, New Mexico on the third, right? Mm -hmm. uh, of, uh, I don't know. January. January, right? So in that, they're probably going to fly in the day before, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to get there the second. They're going to stay the third, uh, play on the third, stay through the night, practice on the fourth, play the fifth, and probably fly out the sixth, right? Yeah. And, that's a that's a good long stretch to be, and I'm not I don't have anything against Albuquerque, New Mexico, <laughs> but the, you know that's a long stretch to be in a place. Usually, when you fly in, you're there for you know two days, three days, time, yeah, right, yeah. depending on what it is. To be in a place for a week and then to completely be focused on basketball and and academia, if 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 some of them, you know, I'm sure that they're going to have to, you know, their studies and things of that nature. That's a tough stretch, and and again, if you if you win the first game. You make no adjustments. You go into the next game saying, okay, you know, we won, so we should win again. Yeah. If you lose the first game, well, the next game, you, ma you make all the adjustments in the world. You go back and you look at all the film as a staff and then the players, they get a feel for what's going on and who they're playing against. And then, you know, ultimately you, your, your percentages go up. Yeah. Being a team twice in a row is a, is a very, for any team is a, is a very, very difficult thing. So, I think what most teams are going to be looking to do in this scenario is to split on the road and try to win both games at home. Right. Interesting. You, okay. You, you follow what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the philosophy that I think most would take in, in, in that situation. Well, awesome. Uh, I think that's it for today. There's, there's not real much to talk about because they they've only played three games, but as we go along, we'll have so much to talk about this season and I'm really excited to get this started. Uh, we'll, we'll get into a good groove here going forward. But again, I am Matt Scraby. That is Randy Holcomb. This is the Believe Aztecs Hoops podcast and the Believe Podcast Network. Believe has a podcast for every one of your teams. And trust me, I've looked. They do have a podcast for every one of their teams. And I think it's awesome. <laughs> and the only place with a show for your favorite team. We believe in our team. So any uh, closing thoughts, Randy, before we head out for the for this episode? Like you, man, I'm just super excited about this opportunity, man. I want to thank you for, for uh, guiding me through this, holding my hand through this. You know what I mean? I, I'm super, super stoked about being here with you, man.
Yeah, me too. Me too. And thank you for uh, providing actual basketball commentary because uh, my, my basketball career ended in eighth grade. So <laughs> I got no nothing else other than that my dad loves basketball. I've watched a lot of basketball. But again, uh, we'll, we'll go forward. This is going to be really fun. Thank you again, Randy. And thank you to Believe for putting us uh, in this position to be able to do this podcast. And we'll be back with episode number two shortly. Appreciate everyone. Please subscribe, listen, rate, comment, everything. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.